Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today we discuss how our life on earth is actually wisdom school for advanced fifth dimension and above souls with author Guy Finley. Now, the founder of Buddhism, Siddhartha Gautama Shakyamuni said, I am not the first Buddha who came upon earth, nor shall I be the last. Now, the definition of a true Buddha is a person awakened to the nature of our holographic matrix, whereby from within our inner consciousness, we dream the physical world into being. And I've always found it interesting that Siddhartha acknowledges that Earth is not the only existence within the cosmos that he chooses to reincarnate into. And he found that Earth is challenging in that there are no manuals for how to awaken within the illusion, which is why it is recognized as an advanced sojourn within samsara in the Buddhist canon. So with that, Guy, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. <laughs> thank you, Vaughn. Nice to see you. Nice to be with you. Oh, thank you for taking the invitation. I love talking about this little earth school that we're all embarking on and taking um, various aspects of, um, of experiences within it. So before we get into your array of books and um, your work, can you tell us how you even got into this work in the first place? Well, gee, Vaughn, I mean, I think anything I say would not be accurate or complete. I was, I, I guess I was born to do this. I started around six years old, uh, full of questions, full of pain I didn't understand wanting to reconcile what seemed to me such an obvious contradiction in my own world, in my family, with everything around me, but unable to speak it at that point. A six, seven-year-old doesn't actually know he's just, in this instance, aware mm -hmm. that something isn't the way it's supposed to be, not knowing how it should be, but quite clear that in my world, and I was born into a very successful show business family. My father was really the first late night television talk show pioneer. Before 
names that you would even know because you're too young and most <laughs> people are but he, what was your he, father's show my father's name was larry finley and mm -hmm. he had he had several shows one called strictly informal music is my beat the larry finley show this was back in the early 50s and he introduced luminaries like Ella Fitzgerald and Desi Arnaz and Lionel Hampton. I mean, names no one knows anymore, but mm. he was Time Magazine Man of the Year. And as a boy, I got to ride in the Hollywood Christmas Parade on the laps of stars. And to make the point, everything was so dysfunctional and it was impossible to understand because here I am amongst the luminaries of the time Mm -hmm. And yet everything's like a dark star. Nothing made mm -hmm. sense to me. So that's where it began. I began questioning this at a very early age. I had a number of unusual experiences that I won't go into. Uh, growing up, before I was 12 years old, a number of what can only be described as extraordinary revelations that, that marked my path that I didn't know was marking my path at the time, actually laying out for me my whole journey without having any indication that that's what it was. But now I'm 72. So 66 years later, I'm beginning to understand what I was given when I was a boy. Right, right. Now, and so you spend much of your life writing about your understanding of Earth as a wisdom school. So before we get into your, your, um, your explanation of earth as a wisdom school for advanced souls. Um, are you open to explaining some of the metaphysical experiences that you had, um, had gone through? A lot of my authors that I interview have gone through some unique ones and um, there, you know, there's a pattern. When I was uh 12 years old, <clears throat> to this day, I can still see it. I was inside of a closet. I had a walk-in closet as a 12-year-old. And uh, I was reaching for a shirt. And I heard a voice. It wasn't male. It wasn't female. But it was crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And it said, with this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. And I remember, I, I, hello, and then mm -hmm. it repeated, with this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. And I said, I, I don't, what? And then I, and nothing, then I went and I wrote it down because mm -hmm. I knew, first of all, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. What, a, what weird language, you know, the whole thing. With yeah. this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. But that is exactly in one respect, the journey for all men and women who seek liberation hmm. is the recognition that they are brought into a world where there is great suffering, mm -hmm. where there is no way a child or any adult for the most part can reconcile that suffering through the means that the world offers to do so. So the journey becomes a path of slowly negating, negating, negating all the things that are known to bring about a consolation and atonement between oneself and the divine. And that, that has been my journey it is, is recognizing that I am not the creator of my life. I'm not the creator of this world, but mm -hmm. I have an intimate relationship with everything that is revealed through it. Mm 
-hmm. And it is my responsibility to be the instrument of that revelation and to be released from samsara, from any uh, mistaken understanding that is part of our conditioning. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the journey. I mean, the whole thing over time that each insight, though timeless, is one more bit of light into a darkness that doesn't understand it. And out of that, a continual growing liberation, a true liberation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, can you explain, and thank you for sharing that. And so that was one of many of those type of kind of uh, knock, knock <laughs> experiences, like, hello. Like, we're like, pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I have to wonder because um, I, I speak to a lot of people and, and I've had these experiences myself where it's like a voice from outside, a non-local voice from outside me and uh, saying something and you're going, uh, what do you want from me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why did you listen to it? Well, I can't say there was a choice, mm. it, it, you know, it, and it and while I heard it with my ears, it was in my chest. It wasn't it wasn't like somebody standing in the room. Mm -hmm. It was it was an all encompassing voice an all encompassing awareness. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, you're a you're a 12 year old, you know, you're you're thinking about going and meeting your friends and playing football in the park. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about pain give you life wed what are you talking about and, and so it was there was no way to get past that message and i actually didn't try to do anything with it i wrote it down and i kept it in my wallet mm -hmm. and it wasn't until late in my teens when i had the good fortune of meeting the eldest disciple of a particular master Mm -hmm. And then then from my journey just evolved from that certain things unfold. You are drawn like a moth to a flame. That was me anyway, mm -hmm. because there was always this attraction to wanting to understand what in the name of God am I doing here on this planet? Why, why is there so much pain? Why is there so much fear? Why is there so much beauty? Why am I so drawn to things that I want to cry just because I see them? No explanation mm. for those things, only direct experience that eventually has to be left unattended by thought mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. thought can't comprehend anything. Right, right. Only, only the, the direct reflection, subsequent revelation, and the realization of that integration between the capacity for the observer and the observed to be understood as a singularity. Th mm -hmm. that's, that's to me the, the, the explanation of all that unfolds. Everything else, to me, not that important. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. At, at the higher levels of consciousness, it is something to be experienced. And that's the only way that you can know and understand it is experience. It's experiential. Um, reality so with that can you explain how earth school is wisdom school according to your understanding for advanced souls because for so a lot for a lot of people they're like uh 
we're advanced souls and this is school. You tell me this is school. I hate school. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that, um, that pushback from people about, um, you know, seeing earth as a curriculum for advanced souls. They, a lot of people think that we're not really advanced as a soul. Well, you know, Vaughn, I, I'm, I don't know about the advanced soul part. I'm not able to speak to that with knowledge or authority. I only know that life by its grace and its goodness never stops bringing about moments that are intended to reveal to the aspirant what is in the darkness of that aspirant's consciousness that needs to be integrated with the light that comes to reveal it. Mm -hmm. The rest for me, advanced, not advanced. What matters is what am I willing to do and to see and to accept in the moment when we know the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We love it. We love it when the teacher comes up and says, you know, that night, that's good. Good job. Look how beautiful that is. Look at the beauty in yourself. Look at the depth and the breadth of your heart. I'm on board, but let mm -hmm. that moment come and show me anger or fear or anxiety or ambition or hatred. Mm -hmm. Let it show me that. And then I go, no, 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 no. You have the wrong student. That, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. So you, you push it away instantaneously deepening whatever that karma is that's bringing about that revelation and it comes back and it comes back and it comes back mm -hmm. until, until you finally understand in christian teachings would that this cup would pass from my lips but nevertheless not my will but thy will be done what am i not seeing that sits at the center of this resistance that i have to discovering the whole of my existence on this planet as a instrument of what is divine. Right, right. Let me ask you something about that. Why do people commonly keep pushing the life lessons back? Because, because, it's have, gonna, because it's gonna come back. It's gonna repeat in more creative ways, but they keep pushing it. They don't wanna address it. Why, why do many people do this patterning? Because we have an image of ourselves as being Virtually, well, this runs deep. No, first, go deep, go deep. Well, first, a sleeping human being is a human being who, by no fault of their own, just presently joined to a, a level of consciousness on this planet mm -hmm. that sees everything in the world and everyone in the world as being separate from themselves. Mm -hmm. This is sleeping consciousness, right? Sleeping consciousness is part of the four noble truths. The, mm -hmm. the part of us that because we're alone and separate the way we see and feel now, I must find something, someone to fill the hole in my soul. Mm -hmm. So the minute that this unconscious nature grasps onto some image, it's not the thing itself. I should have these things. I should be like this. I should never be talked to this way. No one should, everybody should give me what I want. All of that consciousness that is fully identified with the image mm -hmm. 
-hmm. then runs into a moment in life that says, look, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it says, well, yes, it is. And then it gets negative and resists the moment, believing that it's suffering over the moment actually proves that it is what it's imagined itself to be. All right. So it's our imagined egos. Yes. We imagine our identity um, and we identify over egos so much that we have separated ourselves from each other and from um, the divine within us and all. It it imagines itself separate, Vaughn. It imagines not, itself separate. Not Vaughn. It, that mm. consciousness is a divided consciousness and it must imagine something to make it feel whole. So mm. it never stops coming up with the next plan, the next pleasure in order to produce this sense of unity that it actually causes the opposite of itself mm. with everything it becomes attached to and dependent upon. Mm-hmm. Then it takes the fear of those moments as proof that it actually knows what's good and what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's called reincarnation. That, mm-hmm. is the, that is the continuation of a level of consciousness, asleep to itself, feeding itself the content of itself mm-hmm. and calling that life. And it's not. Right, right. So it's the identification of ego and the coming back to play the, the ego games in another round of whatever storyline or um, avatar or whatever it yes. wants to play. So it's, yeah, it's just the, the continuation of continue to play another round. <laughs> you need another round. <laughs> I guess you need another round. Yeah, How many I, rounds? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? When a person finally gets tired of explaining their suffering to themselves, then they begin to meet the suffering without an explanation. This is what Buddha did. This is what Christ did. This is all, all true teachers who become enlightened, whatever that word means. Mm-hmm. It's just being more light. That, get, get to that point when at last they understand that of themselves they can do nothing and of themselves they cannot explain to themselves how to free themselves. Mm-hmm. The whole trip of trying to free myself is born out of the illusion that I'm a captive of something. Mm-hmm. So the very nature that seeks freedom actually enslaves itself to whatever ideas and images it produces as the path to liberation. That's why Buddha said, if you see me on the road, kill me, because mm-hmm. that's understood that whatever I imagine as my freedom, as my liberation is actually my captivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the refusal again of the ego identity the refusal to be reunified with source um at the end of of whatever round of samsara that or life that you go through is what continues the another cycle in infinity another another uh round in into the storyline into the roles into the the various avatars whatever you want to pick um, within the, the cosmos um, until you get tired of it. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to go straight to the final doorway question. Why don't many souls, why are they not ready to just let it all go? Let all ego identity go. Let all games and roles, storylines go and just get reabsorbed and become what you already are, which is consciousness source, whatever you want to call that 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 being of 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 allness why don't they just release it all and and go there why is this hard to do did you ever see 
the movie, uh, what was it called? Uh, well, the first one was called Death Takes a Holiday, but then uh, Brad Pitt played it again in Mr. Black or something like that it was called. Did you ever see that? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. There was a very beautiful moment with him and Anthony Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt was death incarnated. Mm -hmm. he, wanted, he wanted to experience something of this earth. Right. So he takes on this body of this handsome young boy who got mm -hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes and he meets Anthony Hopkins, this very sane, grounded, uh, industrialist. Mm -hmm. And he says, I I've come for you. And Hopkins says, well, look, I'm not ready to go. Can I have <laughs> yeah. a little more time? Uh -huh. He says, okay, long story short, death lives with Hopkins and falls in love with his daughter. Mm -hmm. And becomes you can almost see him getting kind of wrapped into life here mm -hmm. feeling things that whatever reason you know death doesn't seem to feel and at the end when he finally is walking hopkins off stage to mm -hmm. whatever the next stages of his life they turn around because there's this huge party yeah and now hopkins is ready to go and brad pitt playing death He's turned around and he doesn't want to go. Yeah, <laughs> I got sucked into the game. <laughs> yes, and, and Hopkins says this very beautiful mm. thing. Hopkins says, it's kind of hard to leave it behind, isn't it? Mm -hmm. See, that's why we are hungry for experience, not understanding that the true experience is not one that affirms us, but that reveals us. Mm-hmm. So we go through these iterations of constantly seeking the affirmation or the confirmation of whatever the content it is of that ego at mm -hmm. that point in time so that it can be validated in feeling like itself to be separate and solid and real and even divine, God help us. Mm -hmm. So that consciousness has to go through whatever it has to go through until it begins to see how ultimately empty is the fulfillment of an experience that it has designed for itself. Right. So that only is that we were weaned off of that love of self, weaned off of that idea of completing myself through my next plan, my next ambition, mm -hmm. the next pleasure, whatever it might be. Right. Because eventually time brings us back to this place where we see again, there is a hole in my soul. I keep trying to fill it but it's a bottomless bucket. Mm -hmm. And the reason the bucket is bottomless is because it belongs to a consciousness that doesn't understand. It doesn't need to create fulfillment for itself. It is the essence of freedom and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That's why it takes so long. That's why it takes so long. Yeah, lots of, lots of really old souls going around and around in different games and different vessels and different storylines um you know i mean that 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 path to the final doorway is not traveled very often because <laughs> of that exact that i mean if we want to fast forward we, we fast forward this whole thing for people who are like i want to get to for people who want to read the last page of every book <laughs> you guys want to fast forward to the whole purpose of the whole thing it is for you to get to the point to get let go of the game. You're addicted to the game, just like like um, 
the Brad, Brad, Brad Pitt in that movie, he didn't understand the addiction to life. Yeah. And until he played in it a little bit through his job. And at the very end, he's like, I see I've been bitten by the, the bug. <laughs> he's like, I, I kind of like this life thing. There's this a lot of contrast. There's a lot of, you know, it's almost like isolated aspect of, um, of love or joy or you yeah, know, all you know what, Vaughn, you, you you made me think of something. Yes. That that's applicable here. First, any any man or woman who has ever actually awakened on this planet has no interest in leaving it. They they the, their their life is already whole wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Buddha, Christ, the, the, the great teachers have always said, I, I'm not done here. I won't be done until all of our consciousness is unified. Mm-hmm. And because it isn't afraid and alone and seeking confirmation, and because it isn't played on by the idea of, can I get past this pain? It uses the suffering to transcend the nature identified with any particular image. And what we're looking at here is this idea, because God help us, we have this idea that somehow I'm the one calling the shot. I'm the one who, know, I, I have to get to the gate, I got to cross over, then I'm never coming back. I hear that all the time. I'm never coming back. How I know that a soul is immature is if it wants to get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh That's an immature soul because it believes there's somewhere where it's going to get to where it won't take with it everything that it is. Uh No, you you let go of everything Ah, that you brought to that door. Well, that's the only only way to go through it. Well, then that's the way you discover there's no door, Vaughn. A metaphor. Because now now there's not a you traveling in time, not a you going through these experiences, but to the point. I live here in Southern Oregon. I turned my dealer around so you could see the beautiful forest, live in a little house on top of a mountain. Uh-huh. Does, does an apple ripen itself? Does the new spring leaf develop itself coming out of that tight little pod and bringing out this light green little leaf. And does that light green little leaf bring all that energy into it itself and turn dark green and then produce a flower and then a fruit? Does any of those things do that themselves or it is all part of a beautiful set of laws and principles profoundly expressing themselves over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so that a man or woman one day can look out and understand I am not the creator of my own life. I am part of the revelation of a life that is timeless. Mm -hmm. And the ripening of my soul, yes, I am responsible and required to be honest and willing to see, to bring in the light Mm -hmm. that ripens the soul. That's my job. I can't make the soul ripen, but I can put it in the light and accept the energy and the revelation that releases me from this tight little ego bud mm-hmm. that never wants anything to disturb it because it's deep in a dream. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. The ego is, I always say the ego is our passport to the game. Well, I, I, I always say, but you can, you can, you can travel without the passport. It is, it is, as far as I know, impossible for a human being to be brought into this world that just like we go through, if you've ever watched uh, the, the, from the from the moment this the conception takes place, mm-hmm. that ovum goes through every possible form of life, mm-hmm. from the seed to amphibian to mammal and finally to human being, mm-hmm. and that's why it was said, "Made in the image of God," is that we are the whole. We are the 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 microcosmic version of the macrocosmic life. Mm-hmm. All of that in us, all of that meant to be revealed and understood, none of it to be rejected. For instance, they, they say the lizard brain in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all got lizard brains. You know, we, we're, we're lizard, we are, that's part of our consciousness, but it can be transcended mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it can be realized as being something that requires the light of development being fulfilled and finally, realizing fight or flight doesn't work. Yeah, pure, yeah. Pure and simple. Well, I mean, okay, so I'm, um, we're getting really esoteric. I think we're going to lose a lot of people here. But you know what? I don't really get very many chances to talk about the final doorway of people. So <laughs> I'm going to take the opportunity. Um, so the whole, you know, the whole life experience, depending on how people incarnate into it, what their storyline they incarnate into, and also what they, what storyline and what aspects of their life play that they build for themselves. They build their own set um, for themselves to play in for this life. And as they go through that journey, they learn through their ego identity, as many people choose to do, um, more that this is not who they are. And they kind of, they kind of like build this persona and then as they're building this persona, uh, they're realizing that more and more and more that, th- that that's not who they are. What they are is basically an aspect of the whole, an aspect of consciousness. And so at some point in their soul's uh, creation, they get to a point where like, I'm kind of done playing all these games. I want to, I want to cross to the final doorway and get reabsorbed with consciousness. Now, here's the thing. There isn't a lot of, of material um, about, so let's say so you go through, you go through, hypothetically, you go through, you release ego identity. You say, you know what? I don't want to come. I, I'm, I, I, I recognize the truth. I don't need to keep playing this, playing the games in, in samsara anymore. I recognize the truth. I am you, you are me, we are one. And we're all just egos of of consciousness, per se. Um, but then you go through, and very few people, if you can ask you, you could ask thousands of people, why do you why do you want to be enlightened? It's not like you can you can feed your soul a cheeseburger and make it happy, you know, because <laughs> the soul wants growth. That's what feeds it. That's what it wants growth and um just everything basically fulfills that growth. It wants to grow. And then as it grows, it recognizes its true self, its aspect of the whole. But when it gets to that point of 
crossing the hypothetical doorway of releasing his ego identity to get reabsorbed with the whole in Buddhism, then there's the concept of, okay, you've made it through, you understand the whole point of the of samsara of the game. But now, just like you were saying, there's all these other beings that are aspects of you that have not gotten this point. So you get a choice. You can hang out here and just bask in um, this existence as source with source, or you can go back and help everybody else who is still trying to figure it out. You can be a bodhisattva. That's the bodhisattva journey. So, um, so does it just in your in your? We're just talking hypotheticals because there isn't a lot of material written from um, the perspective of going to source and then coming back doing the bodhisattva journey. Um, there's never an end. It's always infinite. It's always existing. And so even if you cross over to um, the font through the final doorway and get reabsorbed with source, that's still not an end. You're going to continue on another experience. And that experience maybe shoot you back into the Bodhisattva journey. So what is what is your what is your thoughts about old souls coming back through for the bodhisattva journey to help others to help other aspects of its consciousness get there together i think it's important to have a, a, a proper idea a proper context von for this idea of this final door because mm -hmm. The idea of a final door belongs to a mind that thinks it's going somewhere and that yeah. it's going to become something. And and the 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 a mind awakened is a mind that is ceaselessly being reborn, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ceaselessly being made new, because the ground of this nature of this body of this mind is acted on by something that by its very action produces a revelation in it. Mm -hmm. The revelation, if it's not rejected, is an integration. The integration is a realization and a release from all that was before, so that what was before, the, 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 the me that comes into this moment with you is not the same me that finishes this sentence, if mm -hmm. I'm truly present. Mm -hmm. So that there's there's no there's no final like this is just this is really it's 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 a it's a curse to believe that somehow or other someday you're going to do this and you're going to be free of you because the you that wants to be free of you is the you you want to be free of there is no such thing mm -hmm. as that there is just the constant birth discovery and death that is ceaseless. It never ceases. That is right. the divine life. It is the active presence of what is celestial acting on the passive nature of this body and consciousness mm -hmm. and its ceaseless transformation. The transformation never stops. 
Right. Our role is to accept that and then allow that same consciousness, that same mm. divine light to take us into and do with us what it will so that it may reach other people with the understanding required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the concept of the final doorway is, is again, hypothetical. It's just hypothetical because at every single, there's always the other side of the door. Okay, so it's all it's never ending. So in my understanding, the hypothetical doorway of releasing your, your ego and not coming back into the game of playing the ego identity over and over again is to go to the other side and then realize, oh, okay, you under now you understand the whole quote quote game and how to play it. And now you can um choose Anything else that you want to do? Any other experience you want to you want to create? Do you want to be a, a template builder? Do you want to help play, create new experiences? Do you want to help create new roles? Do you want to have, you know, there's there's a lot that I mean th- we're going hypothetical, but in essence, energy never dies. Energy never stops. Okay, so if you get all the way to the point where you're like, okay, I recognize this whole this whole experience is just me playing different games in the game of life, the board game, and we just you know. I understand we're just mana broad sets of each other, fractals of each other, and it's the same consciousness to everybody. Um, and we get to choose what kind of games we want to play. Do we want to play higher ones? Or do we want to play lower ones? Do we want to play just endless suffering? Do we want, we want to play endless joy? You get to choose however you want to, to experience um, life. But um, the experience that many people on earth go through is the experience of continually finding creative ways to suffer. So how can people suffer less in this game of earth so they can experience more joy? I mean, are we gluttons for suffering? Is that what it is? We just glutton for suffering? There is a part of us that sees life as being apart from itself and that being apart from itself, it seeks a way to make itself whole the part does not know anything about the whole. Mm. The part is a part. The the transformation of Siddhartha into Buddha, of Jesus into the Christ, of any true avatar that's ever come on this planet, any prophet or saint, every last one of their lives is a representation of what happens when an individual realizes that the life they took as being their own was never their own life, Mm -hmm. and that the only true passage is to die to what is not life, to Mm -hmm. die to myself. I can't make myself die to myself, but I can see the need beyond the shadow of a doubt, so that when at last I no longer need to have an enemy, Mm -hmm. I no longer need to worry about money, when I no longer believe that perfect health is going to be the same as a happy human being, then I won't be attached anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, will, I will die to the whole idea that I can complete myself. Yep. I already am complete, but I'm complete in another order of being yep. in a time that isn't connected to passing temporal existence and that the journey is an awakening. Yeah. You know, we, Vaughn, we live in a world of power seekers. One way or the other, I either want... Having, everybody's having an eagle trip. 
Yeah, I want more power <laughs> or I hate people that have it. It's the same thing. Yeah. I want, I want more or I, I hate those that do. The, so the whole trip here is the idea that if I can acquire possessions, power, authority, that that's going to bring me into a place where I have the power to create the life I want. Mm. And every last one of those dreams is the prison itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. into existence by a prison an imprisoned consciousness that doesn't know it so so the yeah. point we don't need more power we need to stop making ourselves powerless mm -hmm. because that's exactly what we do every time we imagine our life as being other than it is given to us in the moment right right yeah i mean source source or consciousness is the one that's in charge of everything in charge of all we're doing is we're just experiencing what it's already decided to do yes it's already decided to, to say what you're going to say and say what i'm, I'm going to say it's already decided how we're going to react to things and everything else which is basically going for the ride we're all yeah. just going for the ride <laughs> it, it is in one respect i was writing about it today i talk online three times two or three times a week we'll, we'll cover that but I was I was writing about the fact that like I'm sitting here again and a couple turkeys and a couple squirrels go by and a deer strolls through and the the trees all awakened in the last couple of weeks and the mm -hmm. ground is bursting forth with new growth mm -hmm. and every season is staged it, it we never really think to ourselves that we're seeing something that is staged Mm -hmm. And we don't see, because we don't see it, that, that the staging is in, in a perfect cycle. Mm -hmm. that, that you couldn't change the way it's staged, and you can't change any of the relationships between all of the creatures on that stage. Right. So, so why would we think to ourselves that like everything else has a role, we do too. Mm -hmm. And we are part of that staging. Yeah. So awakening is playing one's role in this world, in this time, doing what one is asked to do as a mm -hmm. temporal form, but doing right. it from a level of consciousness that understands it's staged and this is my role and right. I have a responsibility to fill it to the best of my ability. Then you have the best of both worlds instead of the worst of one and none of the other. Right, right. Basically, in essence, everybody plays their tune to the finest of their ability and it makes a symphony everybody does the best they know how to do but the task is to realize that because i think i know what the best is i can do doesn't mean i actually know what's best mm -hmm. self-knowledge you will not find any true teaching any true spiritual path that although corrupted now as far as i'm concerned doesn't hold within it what I call the seeds of fire. Insights, ideas, and principles that when you hear them or I hear them, light me up. I go, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, mm -hmm. why do I know a truth that I never heard before? Because you never learn anything new. All you do is recognize what you already know. That's it. So that proves, doesn't it, that there is, that Native Indians used to say to the, we are the ones we're waiting for. Mm -hmm. that, that is the discovery. Nobody's going to save you but yourself. Well, 
No one is going to save you but seeing that you cannot save yourself and dying to the false savior within you. We all have a false savior. Mm -hmm. That's the root of the suffering is the belief that something in us is going to save us from ourselves. We do not need to be saved from ourselves. We need to wake up from a self that dreams it needs to be saved because of the suffering it creates for itself right. with everything it does to itself. Right. So wake up from the illusion of self. Yes. Yes. And wake up to the realization of the whole. Yes. Which right. is already there. Which is already there. Everybody's playing their part to the best of their abilities. Like a yeah. symphony. I'm, uh, you know, I think um, humanity is creating quite a symphony. I don't know exactly what it's all going to sound like in the very end, but I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> well, it, it's like everything. Out of cacophony can come a certain kind of consolation. The limit of my present view is not the limit of my possibility. Mm. And when I understand that the limit of my present view is not the limit of my possibility, then I'll be open to new possibilities instead of trying to prove that what I've defined as what is possible is the only path. Right. That's what the suffering is about. Really, it boils down to insistence based on a persistent demand that mm -hmm. as I have imagined my life, it should be given to me. Right. That's why we suffer. Right. You know, I mean, we're just talking about noble in Buddhism, we're talking about noble truth number one. It's your attachment to what is that causes your suffering. Yes, because and, you uh, because you can't see and and I don't attached know. to our ego identity so much that it's going down all these different. Yes, it it creates for itself some image, some idea, some content, and in the creation of the content from itself. It identifies with it and then demands that life confirm what it's imagined as being real. Life will never confirm what you and I have imagined right. as real, save for these temporary moments that validate us and then turn us into a victim when everything goes south again, as yeah. it always must. Yeah, ego always thinks it's special. Yeah. So. You know, in A Course in Miracles, they they really define the big eye and the little eye. And and we're having a discussion about the little eye trying to be the big eye. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we just need to recognize the little eye was created because of the big eye and the big eye works through the little eye. This so. is all this is all accurate and yep. and good ideas. But how do we take good ideas and bring them into the moment where I get a robocall? And the person won't hang up. Someone cuts, <laughs> someone cuts me off on the freeway. I go to work and someone disrespects me. I turn, on, I turn on the TV and I'm leaning left or right. And it doesn't matter which way I lean, something is leaning against me. How do I use those moments mm -hmm. to transcend the consciousness responsible for the creation of the very moment it now resists. That's yeah. the key, Vaughn. So let me ask you this question. So um, so you're, at, you're, you're talking about all the different ways in which life will continue to challenge the ego identity so that you can get re-identified with the ego. 
oh, I'm going to pick a side because my ego resonates with that message. I'm going to pick this side because my ego resonates with that message. And all the ego identity is trying to do is just basically protect itself from um, feeling um, not needed or wanted. It doesn't want to die off. That's why it identifies with so many different um, organizations, this and that, whatever, these concepts, because it reaffirms its identity. I'm a female, I'm Asian, I'm, you know, Buddhist, or I'm the white guy, and I'm the this political affiliation, et cetera. The labels go on and on and on. These are just different ways that the ego is taking these different aspects of the game and further giving itself credit to become more of the big I when it's in the very end, it just finds out. It's not mm-hmm. in the, in the end we discover bit by bit that what I have imagined myself to be doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a construct. It, it, it and, and that nature can't bear the idea of what it's, of what it fears. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. What it fears is its own creation. Yeah. What it fears is its own creation. Listeners, you might want to write down this one very practical idea. There is no such thing as psychological fear without negative imagination. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as psychological fear without negative imagination. So whatever it is that happens in the world that makes me suddenly get angry and afraid, it makes me angry and afraid because I've imagined myself as being someone other than or possessed by something different than what that moment is showing. And now mm-hmm. I am threatened when it isn't I at all. Little I is threatened by anything that wants to show it. It's a pipe dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the challenge, the challenge is to rise above that, that dueling nature that continues to suck ego identity back into itself, continues to kind of build out that character. So that's the challenge. So how can I, I mean, Buddha advised um, the middle way, the, the neutral way, the this is why they do this, it's the neutral way, there's no because in, in picking that dual nature of anything, you pick more into your ego, which makes it harder for you to recognize and um, unify with the being that's playing in everybody. So how can people go above those dual sides uh, that pull our egos back into this, this little creation that we create? How can we arise above that? How can, they self, how can they self-realize their true self and connect to Christ's consciousness of source? That's another way to ask for it. Not by thinking. Not by concept. Mm. But through something that is right in front of us all the time. To use words other than the ones Buddha used, but to be perfectly clear as to his teachings and for that matter christ himself split a log turn over a rock there i am this idea that somehow or other vaughn i am the observer is different than the observed Mm -hmm. that's the basis of suffering yeah that i am different than what i see now 
I'm not the I'm not the turkey that's out here eating the seed. Mm. But that turkey is reflected in this consciousness, and this consciousness has the experience of turkey. Mm-hmm. It's okay with the experience of turkey. But now let's say I look and there's someone and they're looking at me and they're angry. Now the observer is nothing in relationship with the observed. Mm-hmm. And I summarily resist the unification of the moment and the self in it. So that resistance keeps us from realization. It's that simple. Why aren't I a realized human being? Because I don't want to realize there is no separation between the experience I have of the moment and the consciousness having it. When that is finally unified, meaning seen is already being in place, Mm. then a person steps into another level of being where now life itself becomes their teacher. Because Mm. nothing that's happening isn't introducing them to what already dwells in their consciousness. So now the real mirror appears and there's no separation between what's in the mirror and the mirror that reflects it. Mm. That's awakening. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I found that that once someone decides to be a new person, they step into a new level of being. So um, often before somebody steps into the next level of consciousness, they need to heal old traumas that held them to repeating cycles of the past. And many people are just habitual repeat offenders of old patterns that they seem to say they don't like, but they don't know how to create a new from learning um, through that. And it, it goes to early discussion, you know, of how, why do we, people keep repeating the suffering? So most people live in the past or the muse over the future. But many people I found, and maybe you have found as well, do not, they don't really, they're not present in any of the current moments in their life. And they're actually, in terms of consciousness, many people aren't really living their life because they're either worrying about the past or they're musing about the future. And so yes. that the life is passing them by, this experience of being part of samsara, being part of, um, and being a vessel in which consciousness is experiencing through you is being missed in our consciousness because we're never really present. Yes, exactly. And to make the point stronger, what remains concealed can't be healed. It's that simple. Mm. And there are aspects of this consciousness, characters, creatures, call them what you will. Mm the formation of certain energetic bodies over time that we become fully identified with, that life, that the divine, the light mm-hmm. keeps saying, we bring, this needs to be brought into the light so right. that something can happen to it. But right. that consciousness does not want that. So it remains in a place of resistance. Uh-huh. As, long as, as long as we resist the revelation, Mm -hmm. then what is concealed can never be healed. And if it never gets healed, then there's no integration. And without integration, there's no transformation. That's right. Yeah, I I talk about this quite a bit with many people is, you know, I try to provide, and a lot of the book authors that I interview try to provide tips for healing old traumas so you can learn from those patterns and learn how to create a new um, and not repeat the same 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 patterns over and over again i mean do you have to spend a hundred years learning the same same exact pattern that you deserve a better relationship you deserve you know 
this and that, whatever. So what are some of your tips for people to heal old trauma so they can get out of the past finally and just be present and grateful with what is currently going on right now in their life, which most people don't really live their current life. They're not really living in the present moment. So they not in the present moment. They're not even aware of what is going on at the present moment in their existence because the consciousness is either forward or backwards. So here's so what are your tips? Well, it's not going to be anything but anybody wants to hear. Ah, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> sometimes the, sometimes you don't want to hear what the teacher has to say, but yeah, exactly. Look, summarizing to this point. The essential problem is for us, all of us, to whatever extent it's true, we just don't know what to do with our pain, Vaughn. So what do we do with our pain? I mean, people, uh, uh, before you answer that, I don't recall in my life, and I know a lot of people don't recall in their life ever having a discussion with their parents going, honey, this is what you do with the pain. Right. This is how you transcend the pain. This sure. is how you transcend the heartbreak. Instead, huh? That's so. Let's go get some ice cream. Yeah. Here's a sad song you can listen on the radio. Go Those make band aids. Go make a lot of money so you can be in control of people instead of fearing them being in control of you. These are band aids. These are symptoms. The band aids, so that the 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 unconscious divided nature that literally creates the conditions that then produces all of this pain stays in the dark. Our task is to understand that we cannot explain our pain to ourselves mm -hmm. and that we're not on this planet to do so. We are here to be the witness of our own consciousness so that I get it. I have been an alcoholic, an addict, a thinkaholic, an ambitionholic, you, you fill in the blanks. That is a person who continues to believe that they can escape their pain by imagining a time and place when they won't have it. I'll, I'll finally be free of this heartbreak when at last I find a new man or a new woman. No, you won't. You will go into that new relationship with the same fear that produced the conflict that broke you up to begin with because nothing essential is changing in the consciousness for the consciousness to change it must welcome the light that shows it now very slowly that this fear this anxiety this worry this doubt i am not the creator of it i came into a consciousness that couldn't help but embody these qualities these these characters and I without knowing it have been so identified with it and I listen to my mom and dad tell me you know sweetheart there's other fish in the sea you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to worry about this you one day you'll be better than I was and all the yeah. rest of those trashy lies that yeah. we were told by parents who didn't know any better well, than to children raising children is yeah, well, exactly. in terms of consciousness exactly so what do I do with the pain? I do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. I let it come up and I watch it. And if I watch it without resisting it, I will see it flower. I will see it take its full form. And I will see for the first time in my life, 
I couldn't possibly be in this pain of feeling disrespected if I didn't walk into this moment with you, mm -hmm. guaranteeing myself that everyone should talk to me like I deserve. I don't deserve, I don't deserve anything. I'm given everything, Vaughn. The whole mm -hmm. notion that people should treat me the way I expect them to treat me is why I feel disrespected. What if I mm -hmm. could use every human being on this planet to reveal something that's concealed in this consciousness? Look, Vaughn, mm -hmm. you and I did not create this idea of what it means to be a successful human being. Well, what you is a successful human being? No, 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 no. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's the point, you see. You, you, I, I was told by my parents what a successful human being was. Mm -hmm. I didn't create the idea of morality. I was born into a religious environment, a sociological system that mm -hmm. told me this is what a moral person is and here's what you need to be. And if you don't act like this, you're not a good person. So mm -hmm. we grow up imprisoned in a body of ideas that become for us our guides and when the guide runs into that which proves that we're not like what we've imagined, now we throw away the people and the places that have actually come to show us the guide's a false guide. Fear is a false guide. Yeah, yeah. Anger is a false guide. To see that is to bring... If you had a friend that came over every day, Vaughn, and said, hey, Vaughn, mm. I brought over a big barrel of trash... And I want to spread it around your house. Is that okay? No, you keep your trash to yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what it happens. <laughs> exactly. A, a feeling comes of fear or worry, and it says, Guy, let me show you the feast. Let me spread out in front of you mm. everything you need to do to be free. Fear doesn't know anything about freedom. Mm. Anger doesn't know anything about love. Hatred knows nothing of true compassion. We need to see that, and when we do, then we stop letting pain tell us who we are and what to do about it. We see it for what it is. The concealed consciousness stands mm -hmm. in the light, and the healing takes place by itself. The integration occurs, and we move up the ladder, up the scale of right, being. Right. So, for, so, so what I'm getting from you is, is, is this concept, and... Um, this is this is quote quote advanced concepts for people to understand. It's the concept of um, opposite. So if you have a good, and then in order to know good is good, it needed a bad. All right, the bad is not to bait you or the ego to go into the hate or the anger or the negativity. It is to reflect what you are, which is the good. It is a test for you to recognize yourself okay, Even, as the good. Okay. This is just a mirror. The, the, neg the negativity is just a mirror. Don't fall for the trick. That's right. And the trick isn't so much to fall for identifying with the evil. But if we really look at it closely, and this is pretty high, what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. what is time and distance other than me trying to move from good to better? from evil to true. Time and distance exists only in the nature of thought that first divides itself up into good and evil mm -hmm. and then tries to escape itself or change itself. That's time, 
That's distance and that's space. That's the illusion of this planet and of our consciousness, that there is some time and place and way that we're going to escape ourselves into something better than ourselves. We don't need to yeah. escape ourselves. We need to realize ourselves as something already whole. Right, right. Yeah, it, yeah. I, again, I mean, even the, th that's just like the, con the, the concept was in samsara. Everything exists so they can reflect to itself, so that it knows itself of itself. Yes. So um, time, space, time, space, here, there, all of that. It's just basically vantage points. And vantage points is one way of saying ego or one way of identifying points in space. Yes. But is all it... they do is mirror each other so they can know what they are. But there is really the higher view. It's all one thing. Yes. And, you know. and, and th therefore, the idea of completing myself through an opposite doesn't exist without the opposite that believes it can do that. And right. no, opposite, no opposite can complete itself. It already belongs to the ground. It already belongs to what is whole. Yeah. That's the observation. That's the freedom. Yeah. You just recognize your yourself in the other person. So if the other, and this goes into the my next question about relationships, because one of the things that people want to recognize and let go of dead end relationships, and if they have a toxic or non-progressive relationship in their family or in their, them with their spouse, or even with their children, it's like, well, if all I am is attracting to myself an aspect of myself and I'm not liking what's there, how can I reflect a better relationship in this person. <laughs> so, and this and relationships is the number one cause of suffering for many people in so many ways. Relationship so. is not the cause of pain. Uh, misunderstanding loneliness mm. and bad relationship through misunderstanding it is the source of suffering. So, how and can Matt, they transcend that? How can they? See, here's again. I'm lonely. Mm. I'm a single mother. I've got a kid. I want somebody in my life. You fill in the blanks. I'm a man and I've never had a meaningful relationship, but I long for one. Well, what happens, Vaughn? My perfect one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting and I feel alone. Mm. My mind tells me because my mother said by my age, I should have already had 44 children. And, Good you know, more. I mean, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so I listen to loneliness tell me how to get over being lonely. Mm -hmm. It says, mm -hmm. join a dating service. Go out to that bar. Go meet somebody somewhere who will fulfill me. Loneliness cannot be made whole. Mm -hmm. Loneliness belongs to the illusion that without someone in my life, I'm nothing. Seeing through that, I stop going out to the bars. Mm -hmm. I stop looking for dating services to tell me who and what it is that I can find to make myself whole and free. And I deal with the pain of loneliness so completely that I finally am free of the idea that without someone meaningful, meaningful in my life, I don't amount to anything. That's trash. Mm -hmm. so when I, no, wait, when I am whole to whatever extent I can transcend the illusion of being someone not adequate, then I will bring into my life something equal to that. 
then I will find people like myself who want to know themselves rather than people who want to escape themselves because they don't want to know themselves. Right. Knowing yourself is just recognizing you're just an aspect of consciousness. Well, that's the, that's, those are the words, but knowing myself requires being here in the moment with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. Being absolutely aware of all that I am, everything that's coming up in me from everything that Vaughn says, every, right. every look that Vaughn has, all of that is producing revelation. Mm-hmm. Every last moment. Now it's easy to know yourself and recognize yourself when it's, um, when it's pretty and friendly and kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what do yeah. you do when the other side of yourself is cruel and r- brutal and mean and horrible and doing all kinds of havoc? How do you know yourself with that aspect of yourself? That's um, the lesson. Well, the, the lesson is to understand very carefully that resistance is attraction. Resistance mm-hmm. is negative attraction. The more I resist something, the more attention I'm paying to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Write this down, listeners. As goes my attention, so comes my experience. As goes my attention, so comes my experience. And if someone is cruel or angry and they attack me psychologically, if I sit there and go, no, I resist this, I don't want it, I'm actually binding myself to a level of consciousness that doesn't understand, for instance, talk about a transition. Love thine enemies, Christ said. Uh How could I possibly love my enemy? By understanding that my enemy is showing me something in myself that Mm -hmm. I don't know is in myself and that has no place in myself if I want to know the divine. Mm -hmm. That's how we use every moment and every revelation to produce this integration we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's a hard one for a lot of people to really, really recognize and understand because um, that's, that's the one... Everything's all great until you have to like, yeah. what do you mean? You mean I have to make peace and like accept that that's another aspect of me doing all those horrible things? Well, it's an aspect of, yeah. see, what if, Bon, what if, what if I didn't personalize everything? Yeah. What if, what if I, you took the labels out? What if you took the labels out? But that's what we're saying. Yeah. It isn't an aspect of me because me is this, not that. So that makes me a bad person if that's an aspect of me. Mm -hmm. It is an aspect of consciousness, Mm -hmm. not me. There's no me. So it's consciousness playing its part. It's consciousness being revealed to itself, by itself, for the purpose of transcending itself in a ceaseless cycle of discovery. Mm. See, we're so afraid, Vaughn. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I shouldn't be like that. Or mm. here's this person, and th- and I want to kill him. They said yeah. this, to me and I'm 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 just I'm I'm enraged. But mm. I'm not supposed to be enraged. Mm. So I pretend to be a good person, deepening the conflict. Let yeah. us. Let us stop pretending and just allow whatever consciousness is awakened in me to see itself and allow itself to transcend itself, which it will when we stop identifying with this idea of 
I shouldn't be this or I should be like that. Mm -hmm. um, going back to ego again, ego identity, picking yeah. a side, picking a group, picking yeah. a box, picking yeah. a label. It's just more aspects to ego identify. And is that the, is the, the ego identity that we keep on um, playing back and kind of like falling into? Is that just basically triggering? It triggers people. It so tri it, why yeah. does it trigger people so much? No one can trigger in me something that wasn't in me before they triggered it. Mm -hmm. The trick is to understand that whatever gets triggered in me is an aspect of consciousness that is still concealed and needs to be healed. But if I blame you for what you show me about myself, I will never understand that that trigger is just an old piece of content. It's the yep. it's the residue of yeah. some experience that was never completed in myself. Right. That's the path. Yeah. When it no longer triggers you, then it's not there's nothing there to identify with. You're just the observer. You're just you the observer. Yes, you're just the observer. And, and, let me relate this to people too, this concept, because I know we're getting really esoteric in this conversation. So I try to kind of bring it down so people can understand a little bit. But like, let's say, let, let's say um, you're watching a piece of news or something and, and it really, really triggers you, whatever side you're on in that, in that topic. That's because there's something in you that, you that has yet to be healed. Yeah, because I know. Otherwise you would just observe it. You just observe it's, it's the story that's happening. Yeah. Look. There is something inside of this consciousness mm -hmm. that actually believes that the more negative it is and the more it resists something, the more it proves that it actually knows what's good. Yeah. That's a contradiction in consciousness. If I'm so mm -hmm. smart, if I'm so good, if I'm so wise, why am I suffering over this moment because I've been triggered? If I've been triggered, it proves there's something in me that doesn't know anything about itself. Mm -hmm. and that I should thank. That's what Christ said. Love thine enemies. I should thank that moment for helping me see something I didn't know lives in me in the dark of myself. Right, right. So let's say you let's say you move from picking a side in any topic and um, you see the unity or the the. It's the same person just playing different roles. The one isn't in it um let's say you go to you become the observer now you observer of what's playing out with consciousness do you give any side a platform or do you just focus your attention into something that you want to create for yourself it's a great, how, how do you okay yeah, it's a great question because this is what people will say well I, you're saying what are you saying i should just let people walk all over me because i believe in this and they don't believe in that now, the first, this is Christ said, Buddha said, one way or the other, physician, heal thyself. Mm. The first action must be the awareness of what is revealed in myself. Mm. If that's not the first action, my attention will be taken by a reaction, and then I become the instrument of that resistance. The, mm reincarnation of an unconscious nature. Once I'm aware of that, 
then in that awareness, in that intelligence, then I may or may not take action. Right. But if I take action that begins with intelligence, I'm not creating karma because mm -hmm. I'm harming myself at the outset. Right. All karma is produced by an unconscious nature that believes it can heal itself when it's secretly harming itself with all of its choices that it's making to make the world in its own image. Mm -hmm. Leaving that behind, we can, I, then I can, you know what, I want to go, I want to go clean up a beach someplace. Yeah. Now, I, I want to go do something that I feel is good for the world, but I don't go do it because I'm against something because I've seen through being against something and I'm for intelligence. I'm for compassion. I'm right. for kindness, not against something that is that I'm for it because that's my nature now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So three, three, there's actually three seats in the front row. There's, one side, there's the other side, and there in the middle is the neutral side. That's the observer. Yes. And, the, and so you could choose the that's red pill, the blue pill, the observer. <laughs> and the, uh, go ahead, please. Yeah, and the observer can choose to either play one or the other, not play it at all, and and just choose to not give any of them a platform and do its own thing. Whatever, however it wants to use its time. The observer that appears when the opposites are seen as being complementary and not contradictory is the instrument of the intelligence that revealed that. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't choose at all for itself. Yeah. It becomes the extension of that intelligence that makes its own choice to serve whatever particular time, place, and power that it is the instrument of. That's freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm out of it. I yeah. get to watch. I experience all of it. I see it. I can see. I can see. You know, and I was born with this belief that somehow or other, I am the I'm the next next best thing that ever walked the planet. Mm -hmm. And then I get to see. Well, wait a minute. If you're such a good thing, why do you have enemies? Mm -hmm. You know so much. Why are you so afraid? Mm -hmm. So all of those contradictions begin to collapse into this beautiful. Yeah. Golden mean, because that's that's what that is, is the golden mean, the place that is not this and not that, but from out of which this and that appear. Yeah. Yeah. Buddha always Buddha always said it was the middle, the middle ground, the middle way, the neutrality. Peace is always in the neutral. Um, yeah. For for some people, they're like, oh, they they that that consciousness of of recognizing the yin and the yang they're just balancing each other out back and forth back and forth and going yeah all right i, rec I recognize your point you're not going to implode <laughs> i'm just going to be observer and once you get to a point where something happens then maybe i'll i'll do a little tip on the scales this one <laughs> and then go off and do your own go off and uh you know clean up a beach or you know, planet tree or do, do your own thing as yeah. the observer. So it's, I recognize it, that. It's so hard for us, Vaughn. We are so instantaneously, habitually attached to and act from 
a familiar sense of self, yeah. that it never dawns on us that that self that is so familiar to us is actually the source of our suffering. It mm. just never, it just it doesn't dawn on it. How can what I have taken myself to be my whole life be the source of a life I don't want? Mm. And as we wake up and see that, then it's not a question of choosing this side or that side. The choice is made for us through the realization mm. that self serves itself and it is not serving me. It loves what it loves, but it does not love me. And the more I see that, the freer I become from that false identity. Right, right. So, I mean, um, you know, we, we have covered, this is the very tip of the iceberg. We've covered a lot of aspects of how many people identify with the ego identity and how all aspects within the samsara within creation within existence just continues to play into that ego identity um and that you can be above this ego identity and just be um just be the observer and the observer is the consciousness of source observing all aspects of itself playing playing out it's almost like we're like and the way to understand it's almost like you know if you look at a bunch of ants kind of doing their thing and the observer is just going oh doing oh that's interesting oh you're doing that oh you guys are dueling over that leaf okay that's interesting oh you know and so that's really what the observer is doing that's the higher consciousness it's observing all the way to see oh, that's yeah. interesting i would i that's an interesting aspect of myself that's done that oh that's an interesting aspect of myself that's done that so we get that we recognize that and now we recognize that we we can all be observers of this interesting experience that is going on and playing out in, in, infinitely because it's ever expanding it's ever growing etc etc um but you can be an observer and you can um create within the experience as well um as the observer so i have a little exercise yeah what's the exercise that encompasses everything we've talked about perfect and is How this exercise in the wisdom school and in your webinars as well that people can learn Everything that I, I've been talking three or four times a week for over 40 years now. I never talk about the same thing twice. So every lesson, everything, every webinar, every free meeting always goes a little bit deeper. But here's the exercise that summarizes everything we've talked about. The next time someone says something to you and you have a reaction, the next time you see something that's even beautiful and pleasing, no matter what it is, the exercise is to simply inwardly say to yourself, thank you, I didn't know that about myself. That's it, mm. not one more thought. Thank you, I didn't know that about myself. Then you are in the field of awareness that has been produced by the interaction of what seems to be opposites. Mm -hmm. So like the ants that are moving, they are guided by a natural intelligence that binds them together in a singular, non-self-harming movement. We right. are intended to be in that singular, non-self-harming movement, and that's how we enter into it. Thank you. I didn't know that about myself. And you leave it at that, and you mm -hmm. wait for the next thing you didn't know about yourself, and you are introduced to yourself by the divine and the divine introduction introduces you to freedom that you never knew before. That's that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, that's the perfect way to kind of seg segue 
for everybody else into how because people are going okay well if i if i can choose whatever experience and you always have been able to choose whatever experience you want to create and participate in you don't have to be picking what's already presented to you um you know a lot of people ask well how can i create the the fifth dimension or the higher dimension or a higher experience for myself um what are your last messages messages for people who want to instead choose to be the observer and creator within reality. Take responsibility for what you're creating here and now. Mm -hmm. If I stop agreeing to identify with and attend to the very thing that I don't want, then I begin to see that something in me is making something I don't mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. and I die to it. If I die to that, by the very death, I am brought into the next level of being, the next dimension of consciousness, which already exists. It's mm -hmm. not that it's not a part of me. I'm apart from it without knowing it. Stop yeah. separating myself. And the minute I stop separating myself, lo and behold, I have a new sense of myself that's more whole than the one before. Yeah. Uh, you know, I before I close this up, I, I've always said that all the levels of consciousness is already within us. We never learn anything new. We just recognize more of ourselves. Yeah. The only way we can see ourselves as being like third dimensional, fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional, source conscious, Christ conscious, whatever. The only way that those are linear ways of thinking and linear ways of thinking, as we've been discussing this whole time, is picking points for reference. And yeah. those points for reference are ego identification. Yes. It's so, all. Yes. Yes. Perfect. So that each and every point that this brain picks actually places us in a position that by its existence denies us access into the higher realms of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Of ourself, inside ourself, inside yeah. our consciousness, all of the higher consciousness already exists. Yes. We're just playing certain aspects of it. We're just picking and choosing. Our ego is picking and choosing certain levels of consciousness at any given time. It's picking and choosing. It's like going to an ice cream store and something in you picks the ice cream flavor that you hate the most. Mm -hmm. Then you walk away going, I hate this ice cream. Why did I pick it? You didn't pick it. That consciousness picks the thoughts, the feelings, what it attends to. Yeah. Your awareness of that action is the beginning of ending that unconscious action and entering into a new relationship with the divine. Yeah. So that, that's a lot for people to think about is to just recognize that you are all of it and all of it is you and is within your consciousness. And you could be any level of consciousness at any point, because you are all of it at the same time. We're just picking and choosing levels at this point. It's almost like, you know, when you remember um, your, your your childhood, you're like, oh, I remember college, that was so much fun. And then you go into that point of consciousness and you remember that and you're experiencing that. Or maybe you go into kindergarten and you recognize and remember your fond memories of kindergarten. And all of a sudden you're in that consciousness of kindergarten and you recognize and you're, you, you know, that's your level of consciousness. All consciousness is doing is just, Taking certain points in its experience to focus on, and that's the level it's going to be. But really, you are all of it at the same time. It's a little bit deep to bring into the end of our conversation. <laughs> but that consciousness wants to relive. That is reincarnation. 
It wants to relive. We don't want to relive. We want to be alive. Mm -hmm. To be alive is not to relive. To be alive is to be present to the revelations that show us we are an ongoing creation, ceaselessly being perfected. Perfect. I love it. I love it. It's the Bodhisattva journey. That's what I keep saying. It's the, it's all about the Bodhisattva journey. You go to the very end, you find out it's just all about the Bodhisattva journey. Yes. So, um, all right. Well, Guy, thank you for offering such wonderful insights and wisdom about our physical incarnations here on at this planet, Earth. And so for more information about Guy Finley's offerings, please visit his website. He's got so many great, wonderful books. I think this month on your website, Guy Finley, which is G-U-I-F-I-N-E-Y.com, you have a book. F-I-N-L-E-Y. Oh, thank you. F-I-N-L-E-Y.com. And I'll put that in the description as well. And I think there's a book of the month that your website has. We have so many wonderful ways in which a person can explore this so much of it totally free i speak twice or three times a week i give a free webinar you can go to guyfinley.org forward slash webinar mm -hmm. nothing to join you don't have to pay a penny we appreciate donations but we but you're you're a welcome guest no one's turned away join us let us do what Vaughn and i have been speaking about which is to not just acknowledge the bodhisattva, to not just acknowledge Within. this timeless truth, but to act the knowledge that allows us to do so. Exactly. We don't, you know, there's more than five dimensions. There's all dimensions. If you're ready for that, Guy Finley is um, a wonderful, um, his website is a wonderful co coursework to go through as well. All right, well, thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings and happy Lao New Year. <laughs> <laughs>